This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome once again to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. Today we are going back through our list as we drive back to Sonoma County from an extended dance weekend at both Boogie Till the Cows Come Home, number 23, and then the Lincoln or Sun City Lincoln Hills Lion Dance Social, where we also visited my grandma. The following day, Saturday and Sunday, oh, plus a little bit of Friday night. Friday night dancing, yep. Full weekend of dance. Looking at our list of 350 good questions to ask, we continue with number 164. What's the worst movie trope? I may have an answer for this. Go ahead with your may, because I'm going to take a moment. Uh, It's really, I would say, more my least favorite trope in all of audiovisual entertainment, and definitely television. The misunderstanding due to lack of information or miscommunication. The assumption where somebody comes into the room and sees the spouse with someone else. Oh, there's only one explanation for that. And they spend two hours under wrong information doing things based on that. When it could have all been solved with a simple sentence. Oh, oh, he's your dance instructor. Oh, well, this is silly then. Yeah, we're fine. But they make these life-changing decisions and cross-the-world flights and whatnot. Um, really, for no reason. And because humans are flawed, I guess. And their character arc is becoming less flawed. Okay. I, honest to heavens, have no idea what the worst trope would be. Mm. Are there any movies that you just can't take seriously? Because when you see a character acting like that or doing this thing, you just you just think, well, that's that's just silly. I can't support a hero who thinks that this is a good idea, or that villain could just do this and gain this much more instead. Why are they wasting their time on this? Oh, because that's the title of the movie or something. Is there a Disney movie that you can't take seriously because they're too predictable or they just go through the motions of what a Disney movie's supposed to be? Well, that, that's a little bit trickier because, like, Disney is Disney and it is what it is. And there's certain things that, you know, there's going to be the sweet, innocent, and then the existential crisis and then the resolution. And that's just what Disney is. <laughs> um, Trying to think if there if there really is anything that like I can't stand or take seriously. I guess I guess one of the things that I could say bothers me is there's and it's kind of like a a twofer, like. I hate whenever the sidekick is flat out the tail end of a joke every single time. I agree. 
it's it's like why is this person friends with this person if they get treated like this all the time and that bugs me the other thing that bugs me which is kind of like with that is when the sidekick is smarter than the quote unquote hero of the story and like the hero takes it all as like oh that's a great idea I'm glad I thought of that kind of thing. Yeah, but, unironically. Yeah, and, like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I have, I have a hard time with those, I guess. Um, I'm just not good with any kind of, like, slapstick comedy in general, so, like, I don't even go there. Um, we recently talked about one of the tropes that I remember reading about on uh, tvtropes.com, which was flanderization and how it can really degrade the um, creative integrity of a character over time. An example being Joey Tribbiani from Friends, or Eric Matthews from Boy Meets World, or Ned Flanders from The Simpsons, and even Homer himself from The Simpsons. They, they take a character that seems realistic enough, and just, you know, has a few quirky foibles about them, and then they over-exaggerate the foibles to the point that that's all they are, and they're no longer like a normal functional human being they are just the joke yeah are there any characters I mean since they said in movies uh, who you've seen that happen to maybe in a long running series where at first they're balanced and they're conflicted and then eventually they're just doing the predictable same old them thing because it's that movie series yeah well see you mentioned two specifically because I watched Friends and I watched uh, Boy Meets World so I didn't notice it nearly as much with Joey and friends. Like, yeah, I did see him get essentially dumber as the series went on. But at the same time, there was still depth to him in some of his character developments, especially later on when he falls in love with Rachel. Like, that's a real thing. And so they do give him depth there. But at the same time, they do make him the heel of the joke on a lot of situations. Um... I didn't realize it until just going back recently and re-watching the early seasons of Boy Meets World so it's fresh in my mind how drastic of a change it was for the character of Eric Matthews because like before he was a you know 15 year old hormone walking hormone who was obsessed with girls who just kind of was like you know did stupid things because he was controlled by his hormones whereas like later on he's like lives with squirrels or something like that where he's just he is as dumb as a box of rocks and like if this kind of human being was actually existing in the world there's no way he could get himself dressed or fed let alone to college you know so like that's frustrating to me especially seeing as I've always loved the early character of Eric Matthews I always thought they did a really good job of making him selfish until it came down to the reality of things and then he was like the most generous person like player with a heart of gold exactly or the like for instance a big thing which if you are a sibling you understand no one picks on my sibling but me you know so he's like you get that where it's like he's gonna come to to the rescue and he means well but he's gonna give you a hard time himself because he can you know 
that's frustrating to me. Um, it's still something that I can watch and deal with, but that's because of like the nostalgia of everything. It is a frustrating thing for me to see that. Um, I have a hard time swallowing the helpless hero. Do you have an example? I'm just trying to think of like, I don't know, just one that's like always caught in like this almost victim, but they get out by the skin of their teeth. But like for, you know, however long the story's building up, they are completely helpless. And, um, like everything's going wrong in their life and they can never do anything right. And then all of a sudden everything just turns around for them because that's just how the story was supposed to end. And I can't think of any examples right now, but like I've seen a few that like have bugged me. Did you ever watch uh, X-Men on Fox as a kid? I did. There's a video on YouTube of like Jean Grey is the most useless superhero. (laughs) And they just splice together all these these clips of her like tripping over a rock and falling unconscious during a battle or like she she's the world's most powerful telekinetic human yeah whatever and yet she'll get hit by one tiny little thing and go ah and they'll give her a big dramatic scream right and and she's out for the rest of the fight where she could end the fight if she used her full power but like right. no, they need to make her helpless so so Cyclops can save her or Wolverine can save her and she should be the one saving everyone else yeah because that's her power that she could use if she wanted to but that's not the way they want to tell the story so right. just cripple her for no, no apparent reason um a good example, I guess, that I can think of for something that just drives me absolutely bonkers is the character that just keeps digging their grave deeper. Like, they think that there's just no way out, so they just got to commit to this horrible thing that they're doing, which um, a perfect thing that I was actually thinking about, and it's... Um, the TV show is called The Gifted, and it totally sparked because you brought up the X-Men, um, because this is after the X-Men happens. Like, so this is still mutants. This is years later when, you know, mutants are exposed to everything and or to the reality of everything, uh, to society, and there's this huge fallout that supposedly happens on July 15th where there's this huge, like protest and like there's an explosion or something and like hundreds and hundreds of people and mutants die and so now they're in this like this fight against every like mutants versus humans and then you have like your occasional supporters and people who are like still trying to cure the X gene and you know there's hate groups called the um, the purifiers and just stuff like that. And there's this one character who starts out as... He's part of what they call Sentinel Services. Which is basically the police branch. So it's like a police branch who goes after mutants. But the problem is a lot of these these people in the Sentinel Services 
are very, very essentially, I guess, the best way to put this in terms of what they use in the TV show is specious. And they consider mutants a different species than humans. Which is borderline with the whole purifiers thing, too. Which is, they, they purposely reference it, too. Um, reminiscence of, like, the Ku Klux Klan for mutants. Um, but this character loses his daughter on 715. Like, she's, like, eight years old or something like that. So, like, he's got this personal attachment to why he's, like you know, mutants are dangerous and we need to be careful and we need to, need to make sure that we, you know, protect everybody and blah, blah, blah. Well, his character just keeps going further and further down this dark path because he keeps being met with, like, these resistance, like, this resistance from the people who, quote, unquote, support this whole sentinel services and it's all bureaucracy or whatever so then he takes it into his own hands and then like he's like he sees uh the main two kids characters as like really really dangerous because the boy pretty much brings down the gym building one night at a dance because he's being bullied by people like they're beating him up and then he loses control and his powers are basically powers of destruction and so like he's like this kid's dangerous so I need to take him into custody well then they escape so now he's pursuing the kids and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and it's like now like where they left off from the last episode that I watched he's like he covered for one of the uh, purifiers who shot a kid or a mutant, sorry, shot a mutant who was supposedly going after him when, in fact, like, you know that the kid was just sitting down in a seat talking to this this uh, purifier, and the purifier got mad or lost control and just shot him dead, and then he covers for this guy, and then he gets credit for, like, saving this attack, or saving this police officer from a, or, sorry, purifier from an attack from a from a mutant and and his wife who left him was like calling him and like trying to get him back and he's just like feeling guilty but like he keeps pursuing these kids because they're the ones that got away and they're dangerous and he keeps just making these awful decisions left and right and he you see that he's like in that corner of I, you know, I can't get out of it at this point. I just got to keep going. And it's like, no, you can save yourself still. You can stop making all these bad choices that you, you yourself know are wrong. You've said they're wrong. And yet here you are joining up with this hate group and here you are covering for this hate crime. And here you are like, just, it's, it's frustrating to me when they just keep digging themselves deeper and deeper and deeper. Tying this in with line dance, uh, that reminds me of, like, if we're looking at tropes in line dance, when I am attempting to choreograph something at a certain BPM, and I feel like, okay, well, I'm weaving to the left, I guess uh, I better keep moving in that direction, like, oh, well, okay, so the momentum is going left, maybe I should do, like, a side shuffle, okay, well, now the momentum's going left, well, now I'm, I'm no longer in my garage choreographing, I'm in the street. 
<laughs> and I need to learn in that in that instance like how to rein it in and create a balance so that maybe there is still movement but try like in a different direction go back the other way somehow um, similarly a I don't know if you'd call this a trope but something that I have seen repeatedly in dances that I have learned and tried dancing um, some of the things that I've seen are similarly difficulties with momentum and flow uh, two of the examples that came to mind are there's one dance in which I'm doing a direction change I'm doing a quarter turn to the right that goes straight into a right shuffle right left right immediately after that there's a movement that goes to the left and they don't tell you rock onto the right recover onto the left because it's a flowing thing you're supposed to do a pattern that goes to the left and then you step your feet together and then you go in another direction from there and there's no explanation for why we've gone right and now suddenly left same thing happened in another dance i learned recently where you do a cross unwind rock right recover left so you think okay I rock to the right, I recover to the left, I must be going left next. No. You do a full-on right-side shuffle immediately after going right and then left, we go back to the right and shuffle right. And that's not like a minor step, just stepping a little bit to the right. You're doing a right shuffle, meaning you have to go to the right. You need a lot of force to go to the right. And it's dances like those that make my body feel like they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing. And I don't see it that often, but if I had to I mean, hear the, the question as of, what, 16 minutes ago or whatever it was, <laughs> uh, was, uh, what's the worst movie trope? Translating that into line dance, like, what's the worst common repeated pattern uh, that you've seen for your body's enjoyment? And it's abrupt changes in direction or stops of momentum or the other one I mentioned where you just keep going with your momentum and then you lose the framework of like a tightly structured dance where you just kind of go and go and go. Either of those make, make my, my dancer sense tingle. I can certainly agree with that. I'm, I'm, I don't like going against what my body naturally wants to do when it comes to movement. Not necessarily like steps, but like if I'm my momentum's going right, I need to either continue to go right or find a way of correcting it and stopping it in a way that is not like a jerk knee reaction kind of way, but a very natural come to a conclusion and then proceed to a different direction. But like that momentum needs to be like cushioned almost. Um, I definitely agree with those. One of the things I was actually thinking of, there's two different things, actually. One is, we say everything but the kitchen sink. And the other is um, basically just reworking already existing patterns. So everything but the kitchen sink. Pretty much self-explanatory. I have all of these cool moves... So I'm going to put them all in the same dance. <laughs> so it's just kind of like a cluster of movements. 
and you're like, wait, what is going on? Or the same thing with that would be like breaking apart the movements from like 10 of your favorite dances and just mushing them together. Where it's like, there was no real thought and development when it came to like the building of this dance. It was just like, oh, I like kickball changes. Oh, I like weaves. Oh, I like this. Oh, I like footy bits. Oh, I like this. And oh, I like that. So let's just throw them all in together and see if it works. Um, Like that's, there needs to be like the ups and downs, highs and lows of a dance. There needs to be the difficult and the less difficult moments of breath or per se that need to come into a dance in my opinion and that that can be frustrating for me when it's like here's all the things it's almost like flanderization of dance moves exactly um now the other thing is we have enough dances that have one eight count of a walk 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 kick back 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 touch and one eight count of grapevine to the right, grapevine to the left. In some order or fashion, whether it be the walk first and then the grapevine, the grapevine, then the walk. We, we need to limit those because it gets really tricky trying to teach them. The other thing that's, that's been frustrating, and this is coming from an instructor's point of view. Having dances, which was my fault for not paying attention to it sooner... But where one dance has a jazz box in place and the other has jazz box quarter turn. And then the next dance has a jazz box quarter turn and then jazz box in place. Like it is so hard as an instructor (laughs) to find these kinds of dances. Like or avoid these kinds of dances when they already have a structured amount and it's like how do we find new movements and this is primarily for beginner dances how do you find new movements for beginner dances so it's 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 I don't have a solution so I'm really on a soapbox at the moment that's the frustrating part but it is definitely a matter of When we are choreographing, I know you've done it before. I know I've done it before. When I've started choreographing, I go, why does this feel so familiar? Oh, because it's in that dance. So no, I'm not going to do it. Why does this feel so familiar? Oh, because it's in that dance. Gotcha. And then like, or like you'll get a chunk of it and then you'll just naturally want to go into like another eight counts. And it's something that you're like, this... That was too easy. That's got to be in another dance. And you, sure enough, you look it up and it's in another dance. So it's like figuring out what's a natural movement versus a learned movement is uh, very tricky there. You, you know, there's some, there's also, um, there's a fine line between coming up with a new movement that doesn't exist and thinking like, oh, well, that's good. I'm adding to the body of work of line dance as a whole and creating something new, like, you know, adding your thesis to the stack. Yeah. You know, as though you're publishing a, a scientific paper. And then there's also, maybe this movement pattern doesn't exist because... You're not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's going to hurt someone. Uh, that happened to me when I first entered a dance into a choreography competition in Vegas and for me, at whatever age I was years ago, 
not that many, but enough, enough that I wouldn't do it now. Um, I was able to do a certain movement. And I thought, oh, that's a unique way of getting out of that that momentum. I, I, let's just push off of the same foot. We don't need to do a coaster step. We don't need to do a rock recover. Let's just go back, back, and then and then just push from the toe. Put all the force and power into your calf and ankle and toe muscles, and will yourself forward. <laughs> With great Who needs speed. transition steps? Right, and I thought that was fine. I thought that was clever and unseen before in dance. And the judges seemed to agree, and I didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me very helpful feedback, and I didn't know that you were supposed to take the feedback and change the dance before publishing it. So it is the way it is. Never look it up. Unless you want to hear a great song, then yeah, go ahead. Find find out what dance that was. Listen to the song. Maybe come up with something of your own for that song. Well, I don't know. May, may, maybe you can go back and amend it one of these days. Yeah, uh, that that's definitely something I've seen happen before, if you want to call it a trope, is the unique pattern that just could have been left on on the cutting room floor. Yes. So, I don't know if it would qualify as a trope. And I definitely don't want to qualify it as the worst. Because I feel like that's just, it's really, I don't know. There's a lot of learning opportunities from what I'm about to say. There is a difference between feedback and validation. And it's really hard when someone sends you a dance wanting feedback, and I use air quotes, but what they're really telling you is the dance is done, I just want you to tell me that it's good. Yeah. Like, Especially like if they put it up on Facebook, here's the link to the sheet on Copper Knob, tell me what you think. Do they really think people are going to go into the comments and tell them how awful it is? Right. It's, it's, if you genuinely want feedback so that you can produce the best dance to your capabilities, you don't publish it first. You send a, a video, so you need to record a video. You send a video and some form of as clear as possible step sheet-like written so that whoever you're seeking feedback from has both visual and text you know, that they can look and compare to kind of see like what you're going for, because that's the other thing is you also want to dance your dance as cleanly as possible with as least or the least amount of flair when you're seeking feedback, because you're the person is looking for the steps, not the stylization. And if, you, if the style is that important to you, just choreograph it in. Exactly. Um, specify that you want, you know, your arms up in the air as you're doing this spin or something like that. Whatever the case may be. But this way they get an idea and they can give you the truest, honest feedback as possible. And with that said, those giving feedback... My recommendation, at least this is how I approach it, is anytime anybody's asked me for feedback, I ask them what it is about the dance that they're questioning or where is it that they're feeling there might be an issue 
or um, tell me one of the parts that you're just absolutely in love with how it hits or something like that so that I can see it as well Um, because I'm going to hear the song differently from anybody else but to give the best feedback I feel like I also need to have that information but I always watch it first before I ask that because then I see what I see first and then I go with what they were trying to accomplish um but yes it if you're just looking for validation I'm not going to give it to you I'm going to be honest with you the most I will say is like congratulations on choreographing a dance because that's huge that is that that's something to be proud of you choreographed a dance congratulations But I'm not going to tell you that it's good if I don't think it's good. And I'm not going to tell you that it's bad if I think it's bad. Like, I'm I'm just not going to offer that opinion. It's not for me to say. Also, as a disclaimer, I I would want to clarify that I I don't think I've ever seen somebody actually post a dance to Facebook. And then I look at it and say, oh, this is awful. Like, that's never actually happened for me. Right. I guess just generally uh, how I would phrase that is if you are posting something and I mean the only people who are going to see it are your Facebook friends anyway like really realistically what friend is going to tell you if they have a negative opinion and they think it's something that they wouldn't want to dance right. probably just stay silent Exactly. And I think that would give people a skewed opinion of their own work when all they're seeing is the positive feedback, the tip of the iceberg. And all the other people who have stayed silent and could have maybe said, this could use adjustment, this feels awkward, aren't saying anything publicly because you didn't give them the opportunity to say something privately. Now you're going to develop the habits that are in that dance even more. And if they're not habits you want to repeat, but you think that that's the thing to do anyway, well, you know, you're going to be stuck in that cycle uh, until somebody pulls you out. Yeah, true. You're very true. Kind of want to build a little bit more on what I was saying and what you kind of brought up too is the other thing is if you are a choreographer receiving feedback... Uh, some of the recommendations I think of is try out if they give you suggested steps. Try them. If it's not you, it's not you. It is what it is. You know, it's like that's them. The other thing is with it being that's them is keep in mind that not every dance is for every dancer. And so although I might take issue with a dance for XYZ, you might absolutely love it because it might feel good for you it might hit where you would want it to hit so it's really all a matter of opinion when it comes to feedback the difference is when you have one person tackling a problem versus five people tackling a problem you're going to get more opportunities at fixing it to the best of your options because if you only got one option that's the option you're going with obviously but if you have more than that, then you can really pick the best solution. And who knows? Maybe you might get lucky and everybody you ask for specific feedback from loves it. Who knows? I know I 
have yet to produce something that everybody I've asked for from feedback has loved. I've always gotten good constructive feedback from the people I've asked feedback from. And the other thing is, although yes, you want to go with someone you trust and is a friend, make sure it's not someone who's just going to feed you all the sugar. Give someone who's give it to someone who's going to give you honest information about you know, it feels really great up until this one turn. It feels a little bit weird coming out of that and rocking to the right. I want to go forward. You know, something like that. Someone who's going to be honest about it. You also don't want to give it to someone who's just going to be flat out, oh, this sucks. Because that's just not going to help either. I'll also recommend, um, in addition to showing it to dancers and seeing it, how they dance it, show it to instructors because if they say, oh, I mean, it feels fine, but how am I supposed to teach this step? Like, this isn't, this isn't anything really established. You just kind of kicked this way and flicked that way and then hitched this way. And like, how am I supposed to break that down? Uh, again, also with the knowing your audience, not every dance is for every dancer. If your goal is to have a fun party dance that anyone can learn and you phrase it ABCD with three tags and four restarts, then that that's not really going to work. Like people will not be able to get that without some serious effort. Right. And it might be a great dance if you're asking, Hey, uh, feedback wise, uh, what would you say this does for the song? Does it really express everything in the song? Be like, yeah, wow. You really, really specifically chose movements to go with those lyrics. Like there, there could not be a more precise dance for this song. Yeah. If that's not what you were going for though, if you wanted it to be a 32 count easy party thing, then you will feel like you failed because no one's picking up your dance and teaching it. The instructors don't know how to teach it because it's so out there and the dancers don't, don't feel like it's casual enough to just do for fun every week. I think, I think a perfect example is, uh, you were just recently sharing the structure of a dance with me. That's like 48 counts or 64 counts total. And like you do 64 counts on the first wall and you do like 16 counts on the second wall. You do 42 counts on the third wall and on the fifth wall, you do 16 counts and on the sixth wall, you do 64. And it's like, that is so overly complicated. And, like, if your goal is to have something that's accessible to everyone, that's not accessible. And the song goes perfectly with Tush Push, which is rare. Uh, So why would one need to learn something more complicated than a dance everyone already knows that also fits with the phrasing of the music? Yeah. So it's just, you know, something to keep in mind. Again, this is all stuff where, like I said, you know, there's a difference between validation and feedback. And that's just something that people should consider in their wording of reaching out to those among them. Looking at another question on this list that follows directly after the previous. Number 165, what's a common experience for many people that you've never experienced? I feel like we've experienced a lot with line dance, but a lot of other people have also... Oh, I've never experienced lost luggage. Heaven forbid I ever do. (laughs) I have certainly learned that it is a very viable possibility in my travels. And so the one tip that I can pass on that somebody else who has had it happen to them several times, make sure you have one change of clothes and your 
um, dance shoes in your carry-on. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> nope, I was just pointing our, our next turn. Uh, what else have I never experienced? Because I've forgotten steps. I've forgotten restarts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've uh, missed a count in or two. Mm-hmm. Um, We've had canceled flights. Yes. We've, we've had delays. We've overnight in the, in the airport. We've definitely had delays. Um, I mean, this one's kind of silly, but I mean, a lot of the, a common experience for many is dancing overseas. We have not yet. 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 My passport has arrived. We're working on it. And I've got you know a few years till that expires, like ten. So yeah, um, I'm I'm getting the finishing on my passport as well as. I have learned recently that now I need to adjust my license as well before next year so that I can continue to fly. So, yeah, that's definitely in the works. Um, I think... Okay, go ahead. um, I've never fallen off stage. I don't know if that's common for for instructors or not, but I've never fallen off stage. Not even at Twin Oaks? Not at Twin Oaks. That one's real easy too because you barely. It's, see it's the not even coming. like a step. Yeah. <laughs> but you yeah. have a ramp for it. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, um, oh, there was one that I had a moment ago. If only I knew what it was. I've, I've definitely forgotten things like pieces of luggage equipment. Yeah, that has happened. Definitely done that. Laptop chargers. Um, has not happened. Oh, performance. That's the one I was thinking of. We've never technically had, like, solo performances as instructors on staff at events. We've been part of performances, but we haven't been, like, the Rachel or the Roy and Fiona or the Rebecca uh, to go out there and have all the pressure and eyes on you to do all the most advanced movement Possible within your body. Well, at least on, as staff members. Because we did technically, as a duo, perform at Showdown. That's true. And that, that's open to anyone. Yes, it is open to anyone. So I guess that would have been us as dancers. Yes. But, so uh, as staff members, staff we have members. not done as such. I'll have to give that additional thought. Number 166. What? Oh, gosh. Oh, no. I don't know if we have time for this one. What are some misconceptions about your hobby? Oh, dear Lord, that it's a hobby. Yeehaw. <laughs> that it's a passing fancy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of... That's a big one. Um, that it's only country. It's only for the bar. Got a drink to do it. Um, yeah, oh yeah. That, oh gosh. It's something that people used to do, but they don't do anymore. Right? It's not cool anymore. Um, try to think of. It's only for certain demographics of people, whether that's 20 to 30 year olds or 50 to 80 year olds. Or that it's only for women. Or that it's only for women, that's right. Because real men do X, Y, and Z. They right. Don't, they don't do this. They don't dance. What are you talking about? Or the only two-step. Yeah. Two that's... steps for the for the guys and 
line dances for the girls who couldn't get a dance partner right. for that. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of like what other misconceptions like people have thrown at me. Oh, and if you're a guy and you line dance, then you probably like that you're other. Yeah, you're gay. Yeah, <laughs> gotten that before. Do I have hobbies that aren't this that I could say that I have that people have had misconceptions about? Coding's for nerds? I don't know, but I'm not. I can't say that I'm a serious enough coder. Because otherwise, I'd say, well, you know, some people who like programming also like dancing, but I'm not that much of a coder. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like what else there really is for like misconceptions oh you're too young to know this music that's yeah Mm -hmm. that comes up sometimes with um, line dance music especially for the classics yeah or um (laughs) to be fair among our dancers Mm -hmm. and instructors and everybody you don't know this one Mm. as if we know everything right um uh, believe me, that is the goal. <laughs> Hands down, that is a goal. And I love when people post old videos of dances I've never seen or heard of. And then I get to go and learn them and bring them back for people who used to love them. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. That is one of my favorite things ever. But uh, I definitely, unfortunately, to break it to all you believers out there, I do not know all of the line dances. And we don't get paid to go to every event at which we dance. Sadly. <laughs> Sadly, we do not. Um, I have not had formal training in any... Um, I, I, and the reason I say that is, like, some, some folks will say, like, you must be a, a this or that kind of dancer, and it's very flattering, but I don't want to take anything away from the people who have, like Fred, like Roy, like... I don't want to call them, like, the real dancers, but, like, there are some guys out there who move that way because they have had some serious formal training. I just watch videos of Fred and Roy, and I try to do what they're doing... To the best of your abilities. With whatever little fragments of technique I have, you know, heard from the privates that I have taken, like with Roy Verdonk or with, you know, tips from Darren in, in a lobby or a hallway. And, you know... Uh, that is not training. That's that's me trying to kind of put it together um, the the cheap way. <laughs> I have had misconceptions on from people who when it comes to why I dance, I've had people form their own conclusions about why I dance, and unfortunately, they have missed the mark. From time to time, <laughs> you have to wear certain kinds of shoes. If if you're, yes. you have to wear boots when you line dance. Oh no, you have to wear dance shoes when you line dance. Either yeah. way, yeah, there, there's a, a certain uniform that you have to wear, mm-hmm. and there's not. No. Um, trying to think of what else. Oh, I guess it kind of goes along with like that. It's country that all line dancers love country music. That's a misconception I've noticed. 
if you line dance, now this hasn't come up like often, but if you line dance, then you must love to two-step also. You must love all the country styles of dance, country swing, two-step, West Coast swing, but that's not necessarily the case. You might just like to do those styles, like a salsa style, bachata style line dance, not the actual partner dance versions of what those would be. Yeah, that naturally, if you are a line dancer, you're also a partner dancer. It's mm. basically what I hear you say. Yep. Yeah, no. I definitely agree that, that that's been a misconception. Um, I guess not necessarily a misconception, but um, definitely a Oh god. Yeah, I guess I guess misconception that uh there is one dance done to each song. Mhm. That's one. Mm-hmm. Um or this is the dance done to this song. Mm-hmm. Um Mostly true of lonely drum, but Yes. Uh <laughs> It's rare. It's rare. Yes, exactly. Or like that we don't when you're first learning most of the time. This is not true for everyone, but most of the time we don't consider choreographers. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just the dance ha- passed down to the knowledge and that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, or this was, like, let's say, you know, you're, you're learning from your local instructor at the country bar. Uh, so not only is it possible that this is the dance for the song, but also, well, if my, if my instructor chose it, it must be the best dance for the song. Yeah. Maybe it was just choreographed by their friend. Right. And you know, it happened to be the first one they saw. Uh, or maybe it, it was the shortest one, so they decided to teach it. Or they don't like four-wall dances. They, they like two-wall dances. Yeah. So they chose the only two-wall version out of, like, 16 options. Oh. I think a good one. I think a good one is the fear that we get as dancers. Hmm. And what I mean by that is when it comes to counts, as in like, if we say it's a 64 count dance, some people get intimidated by it because mm. naturally 64 means it's that hard. And it's like, no, 99% of it's symmetrical. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. <laughs> you know, Good kind right, of situation. Um, that, or even that like difficulty level even can be misleading sometimes Mm -hmm. because there are easier intermediates and there are harder intermediates and they're all just labeled intermediate and it's just based on like what patterns you might have been predisposed to Um, so like if you're used to doing this pattern and then in this new dance, that pattern happens. It's going to be harder versus if you're used to doing this pattern in the beginner dancers and this pattern ends up in the improver dance, well, you're already going to be familiar with it. Like, I think, um, perfect example, uh, when you were teaching Lonely Lovers by Madison Glover, you said, well, the first eight counts, and you referenced Lonely Drum Tag. 
And so, like, and I thought it was great too, personally, um, when you said, so all the, the last two years of remembering the tag for Lonely Drum finally paid off kind of thing. I thought it was funny and it was great and it was clever. And when you said Lonely Drum tag, 99% of the people in the room knew exactly what you were talking about. That's what I'm saying. It's like, if there's that pattern in this, in, in Lonely Drum, and then there's that pattern in Lonely Lovers, you know, you already know eight counts of it. So it's like, you got to be careful when you're looking at counts and levels and getting scared off by them. Now, obviously, if you look at a dance and you recognize the lockstep in it, and that's the only move you recognize in it, that's a different story. But, you know, take it piece by piece, chunk by chunk, because I think we have that misconception that just because it's labeled as such, it's going to be such. Yeah. Yeah. Uh personal exercise for folks at home look at rapper's delight see how much of that you recognize i think there are joey steps and maybe some like coasters and sailors maybe yeah i think there's a step half turn and there walks yes <laughs> got walks other than that there's a whole lot of weird <laughs> but we love it anyways yes very much enjoy it we I think either danced some of it to, well, did we dance it? No, we, we were thinking about it a lot today. Yeah. We almost danced it today. Yeah. Definitely so. danced it recently though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of misconceptions with line dance, which they didn't ask about. They asked about our hobby and they didn't say anything about passion. True story. Anyway, uh, 167. What's the smartest thing you've seen an animal do? Oh, seen a horse do the electric slide. If we're going with line dance. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've seen the horse do a line dance. I've seen dogs do line dance. I've seen a Tyrannosaurus Rex do Gimme Gimme. I have too. Actually, I've seen... she's uh, The Rex has done Gimme Gimme, and I believe Rex did Can't Walk Away. That's very smart. Very smart of an animal to do. <laughs> a couple others from what I remember. But I was actually going to go... Um, the smartest thing I've seen a choreographer do is Rachel and breaking her patterns. Mm. So doing the one to the right, one to the left and then, oh, no, no, we're not going back to the right we're, or we go, sorry, right, left, right, and then we think it's going to be left and it's not left, it's something else mm. kind of thing. So like, I've seen her do that and I think that's probably one of the smartest things I've, uh, I've seen a choreographer do is keeping it fresh like that. Mm. I'm trying to think I've seen any other animals line dancing or anything similar to it I'm gonna go with the horse the horse the horse and Rex number 168 what's the most annoying noise trying to think if if, it's so hard there's not there's not much that I have been exposed to that I can classify with any kind of resemblance of like annoying or frustrating or whatever and noise I think one of the hardest things for me to be prepared for and it draws concern so I wouldn't say annoying I would say concern is when I see people like slamming their foot down on the dance floor like it causes concern one for their body and two for the dance floor um and that i guess you can say is the closest i can get to that because obviously i've had enough experience to this point and i've had people in my life that have helped me through you 
essentially by giving you similar advice is the whole like you're going to want your knees someday. So you probably shouldn't be like dropping them to the floor or you probably shouldn't be slamming and driving your foot into the ground on the concrete floor or something like that because you know the shock that goes up to your leg and up to your knee that's going to be very damaging and if you want to continue dancing for your life you are certainly going to want to have those and so there's that concern where it's like oh you okay 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 breathe (laughs) i figured out an annoying noise and you're going to be able to agree with me yeah feedback from the mic to the speakers yes that that is an awful noise (laughs) that is what i would say my most annoying noise would be Mm. if i was going to say annoying and noise Mm. also i think when a song starts super loudly like let's say if i plug my system in and i don't sound check first which i it's one of those things where you don't make the mistake often when you do (laughs) you remember (laughs) and I start mine from zero volume now, because otherwise, if you blow out people's ears, they're not going to want to learn whatever your lesson is now that you have hurt them. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I like to think I know better, and I try to remember that, because otherwise, that first loud blast uh, will just kill the mood. Yes. You will not be into whatever follows. Yeah. Okie dokie. Next up, 169... The Goose Drank Wine. (laughs) What's your haunted house story? Do you have a haunted house story? Do we have a haunted line dance environment story of any kind? Um, I mean, I have the haunted mansion story and that the fact that it's one of my favorite rides at Disneyland. (laughs) That's... That's kind of where I, what I got. We went to a haunted house with some line dance people, I think, this last Halloween in Petaluma. Were you there for that? I was. Yeah, I thought so. That was fun. It was fun. That was a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. I screamed so much like a girl. It was awesome. <laughs> I am definitely one of those when you genuinely scare me, I start laughing. <laughs> it's kind of messed up. <laughs> trying to think did we ever like go to uh, like a dive bar or like somewhere we where we feared for our lives the way you would in a haunted house i don't think we've ever been anywhere that dangerously divey like well yeah (laughs) the back alley we have definitely stayed in some hotels at high oh, dance events where we nice have man. fear of our lives. Yeah, Ooh, boy. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, if you ever go to um, Pikes Peak Line Dancer <coughs> Bust, spring for the double tree. Yes. Stay at the host hotel. Yes. The alternatives we have seen. and We have experienced several of them. They are not for us. <laughs> no longer. <laughs> to save our pennies to <coughs> other other options. Yeah, um I've definitely So if we change it to horror stories okay, yeah. instead of haunted mm-hmm. and we change it from house to hotel, yes, we've definitely stayed in some very sketch neighborhoods. We've stayed in some sketch hotels. Um 
So far, I can honestly say I've never seen any bugs. None that we're aware of. That's why I said seen. Right. <laughs> I do have one haunted ballroom-ish story, which now isn't really a story, but New York State of Line, I remember crossing through the uh, country ballroom, the far one. Where the yes, I remember you telling me this. all the lights were off, and I felt like I needed to scurry as quickly as I could <laughs> through there. Even though I know it's just a room, and the lights off and on. It was really same. eerie. Yeah. Like something about like the shadows or like the light, the just bit, bare bit of light from the hallway or through the door, or through the window or whatever it and was. And then also being out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. yeah. probably didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> and like the rest of the hotel is populated, so like there's nothing that bad that could happen. But like, what if you tripped and they didn't find you till morning? Like, right. it's a dark, cold, scary ballroom all of a sudden. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's see if we got time for one more. Number 170, what did you Google last? Let's see, what did I Google last? Let me pull up my... I Googled directions to Sonoma State University headed home from the social. <laughs> uh, let's see, I looked up... The last two things that I looked up, one was Eternal September because we were discussing that. I remember that. And then before that was... <laughs> uh, my grandma was asking me, since we visited her... Uh, my grandma asked me about uh, my YouTube channel and whether she could see me dance on there. So right before Eternal September, I have Christopher Gonzalez Line Dance YouTube. And I told her that's what you would look for in, you- in Google and it'll bring up my YouTube. Okay. So if I'm just looking up not only like what my last ones are, but like my most popular searches mm-hmm. on Google, I have Copper Knob, mm-hmm. YouTube, mm-hmm. Directions to Sonoma State University, Gas Near Me... Senegent's Distributor Login, UCWDC Novice 2019, and then Directions to Lincoln, California, which 90% of those has to do with line dance. Yeah, before Eternal September and the YouTube one and looking up Easter Sunday 2019 to see whether my grandma and I could uh, do Easter dinner... I have Twist, 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 Line Dance, Get Out the Kitchen, Line Dance, Smoky Places, Line Dance, Stuck, Line Dance, Rachel McEnany. Yep. Yep. This is our lives. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to pause it for now. Thank you all again for tuning in to Line Dance Podcast uh, with... Megan Barcelia. And Christopher Gonzalez, who, by the way, are both wearing our line dancer radio t-shirts yes we represented hardcore today at the uh sun city lincoln hills uh line dance social Mm -hmm. and i was very excited we did because i had several people ask me about it Mm -hmm. yeah it turns out there is a radio station for those who like line dance and all you have to do to check it out is type line dancer hyphen radio dot com into your website browser and you can pull up Music and shows related to line dance all day long, all week long, all year long. Yep. Yep. Really cool. Yep. Well, all right. Well, thank you all again for tuning in. Until next time, we will be very excited to see see you on on the the dance dance floor. floor.